Hi, welcome to the Movement for Modern Life podcast. I'm Kat Farrance and I'm founder of the Movement for Modern Life, known as the Netflix of yoga. In this podcast, I'll be exploring ways that we can all move more freely towards a healthy, happy and sustainable life. I'll be meeting teachers and experts in a variety of different fields. I'll be sharing with you some of my tips and tools that I have in my toolbox so you can take your small steps towards a healthy, happy, sustainable life. Welcome to episode 14 of Movement for Modern Life's Champions of Change series. And thanks very much for joining me today. And today I am joined by Henrietta Norton, who is the founder of Wild Nutrition. Henrietta has been interviewed by me once before, but we had so much to talk about and I learned so much about nutrition, I couldn't resist asking her back on again especially because right now Movement for Modern Life is doing a women's well-being course and this course launches on the 21st of October but you can take the course at any time afterwards. But because we are thinking about women's health and women's nutrition, I thought that I'd ask Henrietta all about it. What are the best foods to eat during different stages of your cycle and during different stages of your life? What's the best nutrition support us through our different times in our lives? So if you'd like to find out about the importance of gut health, the importance of soaking your pulses, and what foods to eat for optimal nutrition, give it a listen. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by wonderful Henrietta Norton again this week. And Henrietta is somebody who I so deeply admire as a founder of a business who is doing the world a world of good. And um, your supplements are absolutely phenomenal, Henrietta. So thank you very, very much for taking your life out for us lot to help our health. Oh, that's, that's really lovely of you. Thank you. Well, it is my pleasure. What you have created are food-grown supplements, which is entirely different to synthetic supplements. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, the best the best way I think of describing it, and with with not wanting at risk of kind of repeating some of the stuff that we said in the previous podcast, but just to kind of recap that mm. nutrients. I don't know that everybody knows this because certainly it was an eye opener to me, and I, I had the training that I had, and t- until I started working in the mm-hmm. supplement industry, I wasn't aware that this was the way that they were being produced, but. When you find a nutrient, so for example, vitamin C, vitamin C is made up of lots of different fractions. And I liken it to um, nutrients being like a jigsaw puzzle. So you have, you might have a dominant piece in the middle of that jigsaw puzzle, but actually it's all the other pieces in that jigsaw puzzle that tell you the picture. What is actually that jigsaw puzzle? What is it illustrating? And when you find nutrients in food, you find them in that jigsaw format. So you find all of the pieces and you find them in um, metabolically bound actually and that's the way that the body is attuned to kind of seeing it and receiving it and using the nutrient when we synthetically isolate or reproduce that um, you're just basically producing that main part of the jigsaw puzzle without any of the other fractions any of the other pieces so obviously there's a you're compromising on the efficiency by which the the nutrient is both ingested and used in the body, but also importantly for as you know, this was the most important part for me as a nutritional therapist, how effective they can be on a, on a healing basis. So therapeutically, and certainly over you know a long a, a long um, 
when you're looking at working with somebody who wants support over a longer period of time, you're looking for sustainable health, mm. not the instant. Um, so, so yeah, that's really what we're doing is we're reproducing the complete jigsaw puzzle. Mm. And sustainable health is, of course, exactly what we're all about, which is the reason why, um, yeah, the reason really why we're doing this podcast. It's to not have a quick fix. It's to make sure that we're all living a life which is um, sustainable on a daily basis and keeps us all in, in the way that we want to feel. And what I wanted to really particularly um, dive into today is women's health, because we have got a lovely women's course which is produced with the red school and what we are doing is we want to first of all have um, women feeling into their menstrual cycle so that they become a little more aware of it and then when we do that we might become aware of our different energy levels at different times of the month Mm -hmm. and lots of people of course have issues with their periods and have issues with fertility And I think that obviously movement is an important element. Being mindful is a massive element. But nutrition, what we put into our bodies, is an element that we really can't ignore. Mm. So I would really love for you to talk about how we can, what, what foods can we do to support ourselves as we sort of journey through our cycles? Yeah, well, I think, um, well, obviously, there there is a lot that one can do with nutrition. And I, I love the fact that you've brought up sort of movement and mindfulness as well, because it is a unification of all of those things. And, you know, how our stress levels, for for example, can deeply influence how we metabolize our food, how we eat. we could be eating the most fantastic textbook um, diet. But if we've got a body that is working, you know, with with our foot is to the our foot is to the floor and we are burning through um our fuel at much greater speed than the body can really cope with then actually that changes how we interact with our food so mm. it's actually a unification of all of those things and addressing all of those things when we're talking about women's health so to, to your point about there being different needs at different stages of our menstrual st- menstrual cycle you're absolutely right it's a very kind of eastern philosophy and the principle of Chinese medicine that a lot, and how at the beginning of the cycle, what you're doing is you're building, you're building, and you're you're nourishing, and then towards the end of the cycle, what you're doing is you're really wanting to build the um, the strength of the blood as well in preparation for for menstruating, for bleeding. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I um, see quite a lot, or have seen quite a lot in um, in women is a condition called amenorrhea, which is where you are effectively not bleeding or not bleeding regularly, mm-hmm. and that the flow might be quite scant. And that is, can be an indication that you are not building up the right amount of nourishment and sustenance for the body to actually bleed. And if you mm-hmm. think about what actually happens to the body when we bleed, it's a very energy-hungry process. It's a very nutrient-hungry process mm-hmm. because, you know, in order to be able to create energy, we need to be making sure that we've got the right nutrients to produce that energy. And there are lots of things that one can do. So um, I think one of the ones that I that I recommend, I mean, nutrition is always very individual, but on a more kind of generic basis, what tends to work for many women is having a diet that's rich in pulses. Mm. So those are things like lentils and chickpeas. 
That's for a variety of different reasons. It's because it's a, a source that is high in fiber, and we know that good gut health really helps us to balance the amount of estrogen that we clear through the body. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, but also it's, it's rich in, um, so lentils are very rich in minerals, so particularly in iron. So they're a really, really good source of digestible iron. But things are never um, simplistic. We mm. are a, 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 a Before we all go tuck into some little burgers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So one of the things that's really important when you have got a diet that's rich in pulses is that mm. you've also got a very, very healthy level of beneficial gut bacteria as well. Okay. So the pulses, what I neglected to say, is that the pulses are very rich in something called phytoestrogens, which mm. are a sort of plant compounds that have a structure very similar to estrogen that our body produces so mm -hmm. endogenous estrogen but what it has it's got a, a, it's really rather clever because it has the ability to either regulate a deficiency in estrogen so a, um, an underproduction of estrogen or to regulate overproduction of estrogen both of which are very very influential in women's health my word so, yeah, I mean, it's, it, they, they are extraordinary. So that's, they, it, that's amazing. Why haven't we been told since we were tiny, eat your beans and lentils? <laughs> the, the amazing thing is that what nature tends to provide is more things that moderate rather than are aggressive in kind of pushing you down one route or the other. So estrogens, are, phytoestrogens in pulses are a really good example of that. They help to moderate the level of estrogen in the body. Mm. But in order for our body to use those phytoestrogens properly, we need to make sure that we've got enough gut bacteria. Mm. Because without that gut bacteria, we can't convert it into something called equal, which is the active compound that actually has the that actually fulfills the mechanism, the phytoestrogenic mechanism in the body. So in order for us to moderate our estrogen levels, we need to convert these phytoestrogens into equal in the gut. Okay, can I ask you a question about this? Because yes. lots and lots of people say to me that they can't eat lentils and beans because their mm -hmm. stomachs just can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, that's very true. There are many points that I can bring up around that. So one yes. of the things is that if you are, it depends how you are cooking the pulses. So traditionally what we would do is we would soak pulses overnight and then cook them. Now, when you use that more traditional method, it actually helps to make the pulses more digestible when we do ingest them. The second thing is that it is all about quantity. So if you were to suddenly introduce a huge amount of uh, pulses that you don't normally have in your diet, that is like a party for the gut bacteria. So you get a lot of fermentation, you get a lot of gases being produced by the and body. And that's what people say. <laughs> yeah, makes you sometimes socially unacceptable when you have a heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of... And, and that's so interesting because people always say, oh, beans. But I've never found that. I eat tons of beans and lentils and I never find that. So is it just because my body's basically used to it? I think it's a it's a matter of building up, um, adjusting to it over time. Right. Um, so building up the portions over time. But there are some people who do find it very difficult to digest pulses. Right. And this is more sort of along the, um, I don't know if you've heard of the paleo diet, so along those sorts of lines where what you're doing is you're... Um, what pulses can do is they can initiate an autoimmune reaction. But the pulses aren't the cause of that autoimmune reaction. The reason why your body will be responding to that is because there is a gut imbalance in the first place. So the reasons why you might not be able to use the, the pulses or break them down and they make you feel unwell 
is more because actually what we need to be looking at is looking at your restoring your gut health. Because if your gut health was strong and robust, then you would be able to tolerate the pulses. Interesting. So gut health first, then yes. the beans. Yes. <laughs> beans yeah. and lemon. And gut, you know, the thing is gut health is, you know, how many, how many books have there now been written on gut health and you know, research studies that are being come, coming out weekly, daily. I mean, it's quite incredible. It's really exciting. And one of the things that I think is particularly um, important in women's health, because your gut is like a, a sorting office for some of the metabolic breakdown products from our hormones. So when we've used hormones, what we do, it becomes rubbish and we chuck it into the bin, which is in the liver and then into the gut. If we're not breaking that down properly, then it's getting reabsorbed into the system and creating an imbalance in hormones again. So fermented foods that are rich in things like lacto, lactobacillus acidophilus, for example, help to reduce an enzyme in the gut that um, means that the estrogen that's being dumped into our gut is not no longer metabolically active. Mm-hmm. So ensuring that we have good gut bacteria is absolutely essential to get on top of between estrogen and progesterone in particular. So things like the phytoestrogens I was talking about, but but small amounts of fermented foods as well. And again, this is another example of quantity. So go slowly, Mm. just a small amount of sauerkraut or kimchi or kefir every day and build that up. And don't worry about, you know, these don't have to be you know, fancy, fancy branded products. These are really easy to make ourselves. We can pickle things so very easy. You can pickle anything, anything that you want. Rotten old vegetables are at the bottom of your (laughs) vegetable trade. Don't chuck them away, pickle them. You know, these are all really important for helping to stabilize hormone levels. Um, So gut bacteria, pulses. um, Okay, so pickling things, I'm quite good at nutrition, taking care of myself. I have not gone as far as pickling because it seems a little bit um, too much, too much time. Now, what I do have is apple cider vinegar. Is that as good as pickling or should I still be pickling? So the implications of apple cider vinegar are different. Oh, Um, it's a whole different thing. It, well, it, it is to a degree, yeah. It, I mean, they are, right. they're in a similar um, camp, but they right. have different implications. So, uh, but apple cider vinegar is, is brilliant. So, okay. you know, so that does for gut health. Bacteria. Yeah, it is. It is great for gut health, yeah. Okay. So I can stick with that, but I still need to get pickling. I would, I would just do a little bit of pickling. I mean, it's great, you know, a little bit of a pickle. It sounds like a winter sport, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, actually it is, you know, and that's the other thing that's, you know, we are, you know, as, as our menstrual cycle is a season, we go through different, and you will know from the Red Tent and uh, mm. Wild Power, which I think we've spoken mm. about before, that amazing book, it talks about our menstrual cycle as being in different seasons. And yeah. actually we are very seasonally dictated. Um, our health is very seasonally dictated and so uh, the foods choosing foods that support your hormone health in line with the seasons is really important so for example you know now we're talking and it's coming into autumn it feels very autumnal today it's hideously rainy and and cold but you know things like slow cooked pulse stews and things like that would be great and then a little bit of sauerkraut with you know with I don't know your fish instead of a salad with, you know, just a small amount can make a big difference. Things like the cabbage family. So, you know, brassicas and fish will be 
coming in season. They competitively inhibit estrogen as well. So again, they help to moderate estrogen levels in the body. Um, so they're a great one to have. To have now, them all done. And I've got a cheap recipe for sauerkraut, which is basically put your cabbage in with apple cider vinegar. And it, it means that you don't need to do all the kind of sterilization of jars and things like that. And it basically just makes it into a cabbage salad with apple cider vinegar. Is that real sauerkraut or not? That's not real sauerkraut. How long do you, how long do you leave it? Well, not that long. I think it's sort of like a week in the fridge. Okay, no, that's great. You'll be is, producing... is that good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's the sterilization of the jars and things. It's hard. Well, you know, I can't, for health and safety reasons, I can't necessarily recommend that. But actually, you know, for me, I stick it in the, I stick it in the washing machine. In the dishwasher, rather, not the washing machine. I was going to say, what? <laughs> 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 no, it's lovely when it comes out. I stick it in the in the dishwasher. That okay. So um, that is absolutely not to be recommended for folks to do at home, but it's a thing. But people do it. But people, myself. it has been it has been heard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's really, really, really useful. So we're talking seasonal. We're talking getting to grips with your gut health, and then we're loading on beans. But we're getting there in quantities that we can first of all deal with and then we'll get to a good amount and properly soaked beans so not as good as so the tin beans not as good as the ones that we soak they're not but hey listen we've we've all got to be practical and as I said right at the beginning having leading a very stressful life can actually be so detrimental to to hormonal balance so you know it's whatever whatever works yeah, exactly. <laughs> just get them. Just get them in, even if it's just a very, very small amount. Yeah, great. That's really, really good to hear. And what else? So the beans are the things that they're the they sort of build the building blocks because there are sort of the different stages of the cycle. Talk me through yes. how what different foods might suit different stages. Okay, so um, towards the beginning, I think you're you're looking at um, really building things up with protein, mm-hmm. um, and then towards so that um, can be pulses, but that beginning of the cycle. Just to be clear, that's sort of mm-hmm. day one after you've menstruated, after you finish menstruating. Yeah, exactly. Right. When you when you started menstruating, so day okay. one from the day that you start menstruating, Great. and then it, this is called the follicular cycle. Yeah. And you would do that up until the point where you are ovulating. So you're right. building up to Build. the point of ovulation. And then it becomes our time of um, sort of bringing things down. So post-ovulation until the point that we menstruate is mm-hmm. then your luteal phase. And that always, I don't know what it is, but the luteal phase always makes me think of the moonshine and the, and the moon. Because actually it's that stage that you are, it's like the night of our day night mm-hmm. it's the time that we actually can't we come into a space of more rest mm-hmm. um, it's I think being very mindful about how you're um, your, about your energy expenditure so as I said menstruating is a really energy hungry process so actually mm-hmm. what you're doing is it's about preservation at that stage mm-hmm. and making sure that you are in a place of uh, preservation in order to be able to menstruate efficiently so towards the end, what I suggest that you look to do is to build in more green leafy vegetables, for example, which are high in iron and high in magnesium and high in zinc. Right. You're also looking at things like, again, the pulses are, again, really important yeah. here. So the, the nourishing 
anything that's high in iron is really, really good around this time. Mm -hmm. So things like the lentils or eggs. Um, uh, I also really like people building in a bit of kind of poached fish around this time as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got the omega-3 fatty acids, which are um, anti-inflammatory as well, or help to bring down the the production of inflammatory prostaglandins. There's there's a lot of vegans who are listening and thinking help or vegetarian. So and they do. Yeah, so there's a, there is still a lot that you can do there. So um things like nuts and seeds if you're grinding them down can be mm. really supportive as well. So um linseeds in particular are, are really um important in this phase um, because they help to support progesterone output. So towards the end of your cycle in this second half the luteal moon phase what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to encourage growth and elevation of progesterone release from the body, in the body rather. So, um, so linseeds are really supportive in in that. So, but the important thing is to make sure that you grind them down properly. Right. Uh, so add them into porridge. Warming foods are particularly important during this time. So if you're having warm porridge in the morning, for example, add in linseeds there. Or you can add them into soups as a kind of sprinkling. If you feel that you're not getting enough through your diet, you can also look at some algae um, forms of omega-3 as well. Right. So things like breast pain or cramping and a lot of clotting. So when you're mm-hmm. bleeding, you're getting a lot of clotting during mm-hmm. that time. That can be an indication that omega-3 levels are um, a little bit lower than they your body would like them to be. Oh, interesting. So, so building in foods that are rich in omega-3, whether vegan sources or non-vegan sources, is uh, you know an important kind of focus during that luteal phase and um and you you sell the omega-3 we sell we sell omega-3 yeah we sell a really beautiful um msc certified so sustainable source of um pollock um omega-3 we don't have a a non-vegan for a a vegan yeah vegan yeah 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 okay cool good to know but um back to the linseeds for the rest of us so yes exactly exactly <laughs> so um research has shown us that around seven and a half grams a day is actually what we need to be looking at which is um you know quite yeah. a lot for some people so you can build up and then and then just start adding them into your into your diet as and when you can i mean you can use them as as i say grinding them down helps you to the grinding act like your teeth Mm. And when we break them down, we release certain fatty acids that are easier for us to absorb. So the grinding is important. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you can grind a whole a whole batch of it and then put it into a you know a container that you can put in the fridge. And as long as they are kept cold, they maintain um, a lot of their goodness. Good, good to know. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and then around and then around this time as well, mm. so towards the luteal phase, it's also looking at foods, I think I might have said it actually, foods that are rich in zinc. So again, looking, there are plenty of vegan sources of zinc. So um, the nuts and the seeds are a really high source of zinc. Mm-hmm. I really like cashew nuts for zinc and magnesium. Oh, and um, delicious. And they are delicious, obviously the non-salted, non-roasted form. Yeah. Um, but they help. Zinc is really important for helping us to build our sex hormones as well. Mm. Um, they're important for men. They help with sperm count as well. And it's a, it's a really important mineral. And the research has shown us that many Western women are actually very low in zinc. 
so okay so so we all need to eat those lovely cashew curries yes yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely cashews and salads cashew curries cashew cream instead of v instead of normal cream that's my sort of latest find yeah wonderful oh Amazing. so good so many uh, well, well around this time as well this time of year and actually in this uh, the luteal phase again the end phase of mm. um, your menstrual cycle things uh, like berries so you know the blackberries that are kind of abundant at this time of year the berries pick them freeze them they would be great in a um you know that you can stew them down warming and then you can add in the cashew cream they are rich in something called anthocyanidins which really really help with um pelvic um circulation so circulation of blood to the pelvic area oh um, fascinating yeah so they're they're really brilliant and also i love if you're somebody who experiences menstrual cramping mm-hmm. I also love turmeric at this time of your menstrual cycle in this luteal phase as well. So it's again, it's anti-inflammatory. It's really rich in warming um, uh, properties that help Mm. to kind of warm the pelvic area from a kind of more Ayurvedic um, perspective. Uh, But they also, it helps to break down um, fat. It acts as something that helps to break down and supports bile production, which helps us to break down fat. And when we break down mm. fat, we release these fatty acids and nutrients. That's really good nutrients for our body to use. Yeah, I really like this for supporting the, the kind of fl- the flow around the pelvic area. At this That's time. really, like, really useful. And with the turmeric, do you make a golden paste? Like, do you need to activate it or not? It does need activation with black pepper, I think. Well, so, okay, I think this is a really interesting point is that I think the the black pepper aspect of it has come in for two reasons, because it has become fashionable to mix in black pepper if you're taking curcumin. Now, curcumin is only one component of turmeric. So you have your curcuminoids, of which curcumin is a kind of primary um, component of that group. Then you have turmerosaccharides and you have turmerones, which are volatile oils. If you're taking a curcumin-focused product, you're only getting in the curcumin, and that can hinder the absorption and use of curcumin in the body. So therefore... Black pepper can help to stimulate your body to help support your body's use of it. Also, if you are if you're cooking with turmeric, Mm -hmm. then actually, as in turmeric, the turmeric root, you don't need to add black pepper to it. So, um, because what black pepper will do, pepperine will do, is it will help to stimulate the digestive juices. Um, so that your it opens up cell receptors that allow us to use turmeric efficiently. Mm. But actually, if you're using it in food, that will happen anyway. And if you're taking it as the whole form, then you've got the volatile oils, and it's actually it's actually the volatile oils that have been shown to be more effective than any other compound at reducing inflammation. So the root always better than the powder. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And of course, that's so interesting because that's just intuition. Of course, eating the natural product is going to be better than eating the processed version. But the interesting thing for me is that I've always opted for the powder because all the recipes for golden paste, which is like my thing of, oh, this winter I'm going to be healthy and I will have golden paste. All those recipes uh, always count for um, for the powder. But actually, the root is what I should be heading for. Do you have golden paste? Or do you think just ni- a nice curry with loads of turmeric root? Do I personally have yeah. it? 
Yeah, no, I don't actually. I don't. Okay. But I do, but I have a lot of turmeric root that we grate into curries. But, you know, turmeric is all of these spices, the group of spices like turmeric and and ginger and, Mm -hmm. and, oh gosh, it's completely, even cardamom actually. Mm -hmm. They are very warming spices that have a very similar benefit. So, um, you know, if ginger is just as effective, you know, it's just, just as easy for you to get hold of or easier for you to get hold of than turmeric root, then just, you know, whack a load of that in. Turmeric, I actually do take a turmeric supplement because I have got something going on with my big toe and also have endometriosis and that really helps with the pain and cramping that I get with endometriosis. But that is a whole spectrum turmeric. So it has got the turmerones, uh, the turmerosaccharides and the curcumins in it. Not just the curcumin. Um, no, and it's been okay. clinically proven. I mean, it's an, an amazing product. So, And is that the one that is good for anti-inflammatory as well? Yes. Okay. Because yeah. inflammation is something that now we're veering off women in particular onto health in general. Inflammation is something that is to be avoided at all costs. So I know in my reading of a couple of blog posts and not very scientific knowledge. Yeah. Is, is that right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, inflammation is a, a systemic state of being and a systemic process in response to something being out of balance. So um, we are all exposed to it. It's like it's caused by free radical damage primarily and that is caused when our body is under duress. And mm. I think more of us put our bodies under duress more than we're aware of. Yes. Um, so many of us are existing in a state of um, chronic inflammation. Yes. Yeah. So, and actually, I mean, this, is, this could be a whole podcast in itself, but actually they are looking, this is a, a body of research coming out looking at inflammation and the impact that that has on our experience of menopause as well. Oh. Um, menopause that the symptoms associated yeah it's I mean it's brilliant so um so I would actually love to dig deep and do our next one (laughs) look at me (laughs) being forward I'd love to have a whole episode on inflammation because I think that is it's just so key something I'm learning about but now we've touched on the menopause yes I'd quite like to go there as in just find out are there things, um, obviously, it's a massive subject and it's a big, but just to briefly touch on, um, are there things that people should be eating that would help them to get through uh, the menopause? The funny thing is, is that the menopause is like an incredibly exaggerated form of our menstrual cycle. Ah. So in terms of, you know, every month, if whilst we are menstruating every month, we are transitioning. Mm. And when we are going through the menopause, we are transitioning on a whole different level Mm. over a much longer period of time. And hormonally or from, from a sort of hormonal endocrine perspective, our hormones are constantly fluctuating. So they're less predictable than they are in our menstrual cycle. But the mechanisms that are involved in how symptomatic we are during the menstrual uh, during the menopause are very similar to those that affect us um, our symptoms during the menstrual cycle. So, for example, PMS, mm. how symptomatic we are can be influenced by our nutritional status, our you know our, our emotional well-being, our mental well-being, our physical state. 
and the whole and the menopause is exactly the same situation. So again, you know, all the things that we're talking about, if there is an imbalance in the gut health, if there is a an overexerted adrenal or HPO drive, so under a lot of stress, then that has um, a, a disruption to that HPO. Is that is that? I don't know if that makes any HPM will mean anything to anybody, but it's it doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> okay, it's it's basically our stress management system. So okay. how how hard we are taxing our stress management system mm-hmm. can have a direct impact on how efficient our body is at both producing the hormones that we require to have a healthy cycle or a healthy transition through the menopause, mm-hmm. um, and also how well we eliminate those compounds that we don't need that can disrupt that cycle so if we have a disruption it can mean therefore that we have a low level of circulating estrogen or a low level of circulating progesterone and that will present in the physical body as maybe experiencing migraines or mood fluctuations scanty periods irregular cycles Mm. whether that's in the menopause or whether that's in the pms stage or the, the menstrual cycle interesting so i think and I think from a sort of probably possibly more sort of esoterical um, spiritual sense, I always love to use the word spiritual, um, but, you know, we are being called to question a lot during our during the menopausal stage. We are transitioning physically, but we are also being called into a different chapter of our lives. And I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Donna Eden, but she she states very, you know, she advocates that we need to lose the estrogen. We need a, a significant estrogen drop in during the menopause because actually that's what brings us to, that's what grounds us. That's what takes us deeper within ourselves to work out what it is that we really do want out of our life. What are we standing for? Who are we? And we redefining our identity. So that's on a more, that's less nutritionally influenced. But I think, you know, I think it is a really important factor as well. And perhaps one that isn't given as much support mm-hmm. as perhaps it needs to be given. Yeah, you especially know. all the people who are on um, hormonal supplements. Um, yeah, I might think yeah. that. But obviously, I, I can't comment on um, <laughs> on any of that. That's far beyond my remit. And, and it's and yeah, and it's not it's not um, disrespecting those that actually have a really physically have a really tough time going through the menopause. Yeah, um, it's not to say that they bad on themselves. Mm-hmm. That, that needs, and there's a lot that you can do to support that. But what I was what I was meaning is that actually there is no almost there's no there's no special service during the menopause in terms of nutrition other than actually what you would do to support your menstrual cycle during that stage uh, when when you were menstruating so actually what we should be doing during menopause we should also be doing during our menstruating years as well great there is the lentils yeah back to the lentils exactly exactly and also you know mindfulness and stress management massive massive i do think there is you know, one one aspect as well that I would just like to bring up, and that is, you know, our liver function. So mm-hmm. not liver function in terms of, you know, I don't mean that in a kind of medical way, but more in a, how well our, our liver is able to detoxify. And the, the load that we, the detoxification load that we're putting on our body can also influence how well we balance our hormones. Because there are two phases of liver detoxification. And the first one is absolutely key for hormonal clearance. 
So mm-hmm. making sure that what we don't need is being eliminated properly and broken down properly and that what we do need is remaining in the system. And that can be, you know, that that can be disrupted by lifestyles that are high in cortisol, so very stress-related and adrenaline, because they require hormone, uh, sorry, they require detoxification, breaking down through the liver. But also those that are high in things like caffeine, alcohol, sugar, those things can have an impact as well. And one of one of the, the herbs that I use a lot, whether it is in sort of supporting the menstrual cycle or supporting that transition through the menopause, is something called Dong Kwai, um, which I don't know if you've heard of. No, I haven't. Where does it come from? What kind of herb is it? A beautiful. It's it's a it's a root, and it's a Chinese it's a Chinese herb. Right. But again, what I really like about it is that it is adaptogenic in its in its properties. So it helps to moderate the levels. So no matter where, and the reason why I love this for the menopause is because month to month, week to week, you may be you may be in different fluctuations. Your hormones are fluctuating so much; it's almost difficult to track, you know to, to hold down mm. to track them. And so, um, what Don Kwai does is it will work with the body wherever it is. And it is excellent for support. It's an excellent tonic and blood nourisher, but it was also very important. Um, it can be very supportive for those that are experiencing um, adrenal burnout. So those that have kind of been, you know, foot to the floor for most of their mm. life, go through the menopause, think, cripes, what is happening to me? This is really, really helpful. That can help. Yeah. And it's rich in those phytoestrogens as well. Oh, that's really, really good to know. And can people get that from your website? Uh, well, actually, I use it in I use it in our botanical menopause complex, milk thistle and ashwagandha, and then I also use it in our PMS complex as well. So um, there we have a formula for supporting PMS and a formula for supporting the menopause. Great. So um, just to go on to those subjects of your supplements, because. Sometimes it's very, very hard to get the right nutrition or if you're not growing your own, as we touched on before, you can't be certain that the food that you're buying in the shop has got all the nutrition that it should have in it. So um, it is good to support ourselves through good supplements and yours obviously are food-grown supplements. So the formula which, formula, the one which I'm on is the sort of general women's health and that contains i think more magnesium and more zinc because that addresses the things that we've been talking about here Um, yeah we have we have three different um multis in our multinutrients in our range um we've got the daily multinutrient which i think Mm -hmm. is the one that you're on and it's got got ashwagandha in it as well because i think again we, we spoke about that in our last podcast about how everybody actually could do with that stress support for that stress management system mm. and has got b6 in it and iron and magnesium in it mm. so supporting the women that are are still menstruating mm. uh, and then we've got a 45 plus which is similar but has a little bit less iron and a little bit of turmeric in it mm-hmm. to support the inflammatory aspect that stage of the life of life and then um we've got something called the balanced multinutrient which is more to me is more the one that i would use in women that are experiencing adrenal burnout 
So it's not a comprehensive, not a complete multi-nutrient, but it is one that's very, very good at really helping to stabilize the adrenal glands and nourish the adrenal glands. Okay, that's really good. And then there's the PMS one, which is for people who suffer from really bad symptoms of PMS. Yeah, and that can be that can present in many different ways. That can present in sort of you know mood changes. Mm-hmm. The cycle may be regular, but you might be experiencing you know terrible kind of emotional symptoms with it, or it could be that you are not bleeding regularly, or mm-hmm. not or bleeding too heavily, or not enough. Yeah, so it's a really beautiful formula that one. And then there's the menopause one for women who are going through that as well. So we're yeah. all pretty, um, there's no excuses. We're all well supported <laughs> here from Wild Nutrition. So that's really good to know. Is there anything before we take off, is there anything else that you think that we should all know about? <laughs> um, I think one of, the, one of the aspects that might be worth addressing, because mm. again, it's one that I, that I saw is... Um, frequently in clinic is the issue around weight and women's health and I mean that by those that are very focused on maintaining a a low weight um, you know uh, and those and also those that are that might be carrying more weight than the body requires Mm -hmm. because the adipose tissue so the fat cells in our body are responsible for producing a small amount of estrogen so if we have too much of it we can be producing too much endogenous estrogen i.e you know estrogen that our body produces itself if we have too little body weight if our weight is too low then we can actually be contributing to a deficiency in estrogen so not enough estrogen and this is particularly prominent in this this issue can be particularly prominent in fertility either being carrying too much weight or not carrying enough so and it's so it's which i think is it's a very very complex Mm -hmm. you know conversation isn't it you know but it's really getting in touch with and really accepting your body's natural weight Yes. And how important it's it, your natural weight is your natural weight because it needs to be that because it that's what your body needs to be able to support hormone production. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we try and fight against that by keeping ourselves too slim or mm. putting on too much weight, then that can have an impact on on our hormonal status as well. Okay, so that that's really good to keep in mind. It's not mm. about how you're looking; it's about what's natural for you. And all of us have got such different bodies. It's nice to know that we really should be embracing who we are. And yeah, there's no yeah. reason for changing our body shape yeah. based on anything other than, um, yeah, just how we are health wise. Yeah, a healthy version of ourselves. Yeah, that's the thing. And it's hard, I know, for it's very, very easily said, isn't it? Getting to oh, your natural weight. And it's very, very, very hard for most of us to do. <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be a sort of lifetime's work because as I say it's, it's just so complex, isn't it? It's, yeah. Yeah, on either way. So I really, really appreciate you just touching on all of those topics. And I suppose if we're gonna say, because I always ask, what are the small steps that we can do to help? Um I, I'm going to summarize and then maybe you can add. Okay. So I'm going to summarize by saying lentils and beans gut health and sauerkraut and turmeric and green leafy veg those are the things that I'm taking away and linseeds and eggs 
yes. from a nutritional point of view that we have to do to balance ourselves properly. Totally. On in in ha- holding hands with your uh, the, the caveat holding hands with you know mindfulness and movement. Oh, um, always. So along with mindfulness, reason? movement, stress reduction, and the sleep, because we yes. talked about that before, that when you don't get any rest, there is no point eating all of the most organic, beautiful, wonder foods. They are not going to be absorbed unless you're getting your sleep. Well, they certainly it's it's inhibited, but um, yeah, they won't they won't be as effective as they could be if we're okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slightly nicer way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> quite harsh cat. absolutely a little, <laughs> little bit too harsh <laughs> okay and anything else that we should add to the small steps or do you think that that is a reasonable summary have i understood i think you've done a brilliant job <laughs> i think you've done a brilliant job yes <laughs> well i'm off now to soak some lentils <laughs> <laughs> it's but, a very cost efficient way of doing it as well actually is to buy just a big bag of them and soak them Oh my goodness, they're so cheap. It's brilliant. Even the organic yeah. ones, it's like two pounds for 500 grams, which is yeah. going to keep you in lentils for a while. Yeah. And you can sprout them as well. So sprouting them is also absolutely brilliant. Other topic. Yeah. yeah. How, I, qu- just quickly, because I'm fascinated by sprouting. How do you sprout? Uh, I have got a, a sprouting machine, actually. So just a, a little tray that you put by the window ledge and make sure you've got enough exposure. But I have to say that I'm not very good at it because I tend to leave it for too long and then they go a little bit mouldy, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably quite good for lactic acid-forming bacteria. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, yes, it, but I would, I would, it's all about simplicity, all about making it easy and practical and sustainable. So, you know, buy, you can buy sprouting machines that help you do it really easily. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look into that as well. That's really mm-hmm. great. I, what I really, really appreciate about this advice is it's really easy, no nonsense. You're somebody who's studied this your whole life. This is your life. And isn't it wonderful that we all can access now this amazing information so easily? People may be driving in the car or going to work, and now, and now we know. So. Yes. It's brilliant. You can make informed decisions. I think that's the most important thing, isn't it? It's your decision to make, but at least it will be informed. Absolutely. People can eat whatever the hell they want, but just make the conscious choice. Yes. Choose choose whatever you choose, but just make sure you're making that choice. Yeah. Get get fully behind that choice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely Mm. brilliant. And of course, if people want to find out more about you, they should go to wildnutrition.com. Is there anywhere else or anything else that people can do? Well, I think um, hopefully my hope is that the World Nutrition site not only provides you information on the products, but also we've got a lovely um, blog section there as well. So you can read about different areas of health and how to support yourself. Great. Um, We also offer, if people call the office line, you can actually book in for a call with a nutritionist. So we give 10 minute free consultations to people that book up them doing the right things for them and to give them more kind of lifestyle and nutrition advice so that yeah they can make good decisions to support themselves that's an incredible service 
Yeah, it is. It's amazing. And it's, it's really popular. And I mean, that was the one of the founding principles of the business was to ensure that we were helping people to make informed good decisions, or choices rather, and had greater access to, you know, sound knowledge and uncompromising products, in terms of quality and the efficacy of them. Absolutely amazing. I love that helping people to make informed choices. That is what it's all about. So yeah. thank you very, very much for your mission in doing that. And I know it's not an easy mission because you're founder of a small business and small businesses really do have a lot going. There's a lot going against them in the wider infrastructure mm. of the world. So mm. it's important that folks really do support their small, their local businesses because these are real people with yeah. um, real passions. I think it's, I think you have to be passionate because um, sometimes you are in the face of, of adversity. So mm-hmm. you know, and without passion, that's the biggest motivator and carrying you through the, the times when it can get a bit tough. And you know that, you know that so well too. <laughs> sure do. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But supporting the small businesses is so important, supporting somebody doing the right thing. So please, people do head on over and just oh, get okay. informed and make your decisions. oh it's so lovely to speak with you thank you so much Henrietta I really appreciate your time my pleasure thank you I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did if you did please do sign up to the women's well-being course on movement for modern life you might find it interesting you'll get some insights into menstrual cycle awareness just go to movementformodernlife.com forward slash challenge hyphen women hyphen wellbeing movementformodernlife.com has all the details as usual and if you enjoyed this episode please do give us a lovely review on itunes or wherever you got the podcast and tell everybody all about it that really would be most appreciated now in keeping with this whole theme of rest renewal and keeping ourselves healthy. I am now going to take a month off, yay, and I am going to have a bit of a replenish and renew. I'm going to be back in December, so I will be full of goodies to get you through the Christmas season and ideas, bits of jollity, champions of change to help you to help you to thrive through it, as we always do. And in the meantime, go to movementformodernlife.com to find out what we're up to on there because obviously we'll be continuing as ever, all the classes, courses, programs, everything continuing, business as usual on Movement for Modern Life. And I shall look out for you the other side. So thank you very, very much for all of your support. I really do appreciate it. Take care. Gosh, I really am so enjoying our journey with our Champions of Change, going on a journey of discovery, finding out so many new interesting things and ways that I can live my happier, healthier and more sustainable life. I really hope that you're enjoying this voyage of discovery too. For more information on anything in here, please go to movementformodernlife.com forward slash podcast. And I am so grateful to you for listening in and supporting my mission 
and the mission of movement for modern life so that we can continue to make a difference in the world. Now for my ask. It really does make a massive difference to us if you could take the time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you found the podcast so that other people might be able to find this and benefit from all the discoveries I'm making. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so very, very much. I'm so grateful to you. And please do find out more about us and support us at movementformodernlife.com. That's all for now. Catch up with you soon.